Hey, for those of you who are listening to Gun Talk on the podcast, got a special thing for you. You need to make sure that you go to the website, guntalk.com. You can click on the, uh, the little box you're going to see there that tells you what's on the show. We got a special deal for you. You can qualify to win a $200 flashlight. Yeah, a $200 flashlight. All you got to do is enter right there on the website. It's pretty easy. Just go to guntalk.com. And also, once you do that, you'll be signed up for our newsletter, which makes you a member of the Truth Squad. That means you're going to be getting regular newsletters. Now, you can opt out anytime you want to, but you're going to get a newsletter that's going to help you with information you can use when you're contacting the media. Also, it's going to make you qualified for some pretty cool discounts on some products. Lots of news coming up there. So go to the website, guntalk.com, sign up. Maybe you'll win the cool $200 flashlight from First Light USA. Hey, thanks a lot. When you have questions about guns, the shooting sports, or your rights, where do you turn? Do what the pros do. When they have questions, they go to Tom Gresham's Gun Talk. Tom hosts several programs on the Outdoor Channel, is a noted book author and magazine editor, and he hosts the first and only national talk radio show pertaining to these issues. You can participate by calling 1-800-TALK-GUNS and check out GunTalk.com. Now, prepare yourself for a no-nonsense, straightforward approach to firearms and related topics. Tom Gresham's Gun Talk. He's cocked and locked and ready to talk. Tom Gresham's Gun Talk. Hey, welcome again to Gun Talk. Tom Gresham here. Our number is 866-TALK-GUNS, or if it's easier, just dial 1-TOM-TALK-GUNS, and that's what we'll do. We'll talk about guns here, or shooting, or the shooting sports, or clay targets, or target shooting, or, or gun collecting, or yes, we'll talk about personal defense, personal safety. It doesn't even have to be about guns. If you want to talk about other forms of personal safety, we can do that. One of the things I was thinking of doing is doing a kind of a posterish looking thing where you have a, a picture of a, a woman holding a fire extinguisher and saying, this is a life-saving device. And the next picture is the same woman holding a handgun and the t- caption is, and so is this. Um, you know, from the category of those who say, well, you know, you don't need a gun. Only the police should have guns because the police are trained and you're not. Washington, D.C., this week, June 20, bullets flew, but no one was hurt Wednesday when a guard at Walter Reed Medical Center in Washington opened fire on another officer. He felt insulted him. Security officer Dwan Thigpen, 34, is accused of pulling out a handgun and firing 10 shots when the other officer jokingly called him retarded. Now, here's the interesting part. These guys are right next to each other, okay? A third officer had to step in and break up the confrontation. Guy fires 10 shots. He is a paid armed security officer. He never hit the guy. Hit cars, hit all the stuff around there, but never hit the guy he was shooting at. Yeah, tell me again why, you know, anyway, uh, lots of stuff going on. This is out of uh, the Atlanta area, Pitbull, Malde, Roswell. Roswell's a suburb of Atlanta out there. Roswell woman. This uh, 69-year-old woman who everybody said is just one of the sweetest ladies, walks, goes on her daily walks and speaks to everyone. And a 12-year-old kid was walking his pit bull. When this lady walks up and says, you know, hey, nice doggy, goes up to pet him. And the kid says, don't pet him. 
and uh, lays, you know, just going to be nice. And Pitbull slips his collar, grabs this lady, knocks her down, bites her on the face, ripping and grabbing and tearing and working her over. Uh, a uh, Another guy sees what's going on, comes running out of his house in his boxer shorts, starts beating on the dog, trying to get the dog off. Another guy grabs a shovel, beating on the dog. They can't get the dog off. Third guy comes running out of his house with a forty five caliber pistol. He killed the dog with one shot when it tried to to bite him, to turn on him. And the people say, well, you know, why would you need a gun? This is a nice neighborhood. Well, that might be one idea. The lady is uh, getting a lot of surgery done, a lot of repair work done. Her face was all torn up. Why would you need a gun in this nice neighborhood? Because I can't. I love that. People say, why do you carry a gun? Because I can't carry a cop. How's that for you? Um, tell you what, let's do. Let's go uh, in reverse order here. Line three, Bill's with us out of Carson City, Nevada. Hello, Bill. You're on Gun Talk. Hello. How you doing today, Tom? I'm good. A uh, uh, couple of quick questions for you. Sure. Uh, I ran into a, a kind of a difficult situation yesterday. Mm-hmm. I'm a member of a homeowners association. I'm an officer in the homeowners association. Mm-hmm. And I got a fellow that lives across the street that uh, a number of months ago, I live in a small community here, and uh, I was going to my car in a single-car garage, and I'm squatching up against the wall to get to the car door, and I guess he was looking out his window, and he saw my concealed carry gun, and uh, a couple days later, he came up to me and said, uh, why are you carrying a gun? I go, what? He goes, well, I was looking out my window, and I saw you with a gun in your waist, and I go, well, I'm one of the good guys and gals in the area, and I've had a complete background check done on me, and uh, I'm sorry you even saw it. Well, we had a situation yesterday over some plants and that kind of thing. And the fellow came out of his house all mad and everything, and he accused me of pointing a gun at him. And I backed off onto my porch, and I immediately called law enforcement, and I said there was a neighborhood dispute. They came out and said, what's going on? I told them that it didn't happen, gave them my concealed carry permit, and the guy got hot under the collar, and he told me in front of all the law enforcement, I'm going to make it my everyday life's practice to get his permit pulled from him. Sir, is there anything that I can do to get this animal off my back, this left-wing liberal? Boy, that's a tough situation. Uh, a nasty neighbor like that's a tough situation. Um well, you did. You got the police report on that incident, right? Yes, I was the complainant. You were the sir. complainant. It's important for you to be the complainant. Okay? That's what I learned on your personal defense show, sir. Yes, you need to be the complainant, and you need to be the one that if he keeps us up, you can say, you know, when you call him, say, I want to file a complaint. You know, and if need be, I'll file charges with whatever, if it gets to that point. Uh, let me ask you, I mean, back way up, how did he see the gun? How were you carrying it? Uh, the day that I was carrying it, I was getting into my Honda CRV in a single car garage, and I was parked a little close to the wall, so I was to my side, walking sideways towards the door. Uh, my oversized shirt must have came up mm. over and over the hand. Uh, okay, the there, there's got to be some history here. Or this guy is watching you like a hawk to see yes, that. Yes, sir. 
there's, yes, there's, there's history. This is not the first time you guys have had words. Uh, no, sir. It's uh, mostly over the homeowners association things what, of signs and that kind of thing, and I keep quiet. Yeah, one of the things that can happen to you, it's the reason I would never belong to a homeowners association, I would never live where there was sure. a homeowners association, is that they can come in and retroactively just pass a, uh, a regulation that says nobody can have a gun here. And that stands up. That's legal. Well, I'll call 1-800-U-Haul if that does happen. Well, I was going to say, I would keep that number handy. And uh, because, honestly, uh, a neighbor like that can make life uh, a living hell. And this is doesn't sound like this is somebody who you can work with or talk with or have a reasonable, logical conversation with. So uh, when rationality goes out the window, it may be time to relocate. I'm not going to say to do that yet, but be careful. It wouldn't be a bad idea to uh, contact an attorney. Just say, look, I'd like to buy an hour of your time. And this is my situation, and get a little bit of information because uh, that's not an idle threat this guy has made. He's going to come after you. He's going to start making stuff up. He's, you know, and, by, and obviously, be careful and conduct yourself uh, correctly at all times. Of course. Sure. One last quick question. Sure. Have you had a chance to fire the Springfield MMP yet? The, the, the enhanced e- micro pistol. Shot it on Thursday. Uh, you think I, of it, sir. It is stunning. It is so good. Um, if, let me back up. Those who don't know, the uh, Springfield Armory made a new pistol. It's it's a 1911, but it's not a 1911. It's because uh, all the 1911s that have been shrunk down still are on a 45 size frame. And what they did is they said, well, we want to make one that's even smaller. So they threw away the, the full frame and everything for the 1911. They said, let's just start from scratch and make a frame around the 9mm cartridge, and they did. And it's really small, and it really works, and it fits your hand great. And it's it's no kidding. It's a nice pistol. Uh, we were sh- In fact, when I had those two uh, young ladies out on Thursday shooting out at the range, uh, we were shooting the Smith & Wesson M&P, which they really liked, and the uh, EMP from Springfield they shot they're being fairly new to it uh they weren't as crazy about you get additional recoil of course out of the EMP because it's smaller and lighter i mean that's just physics but they love the way it felt in their hands thin grip small grip worked real well uh for somebody who's considering concealed carry and likes a 1911 style and wants to go small and can live with the 9 millimeter, it is certainly a good option to take a look at the only problem out here, Tom, out west, is uh, they're not available. They sell out in the stores as soon as they get <laughs> on the showroom floor. They're not available anywhere. That's what happens when you get a good gun out there. They're not available anywhere. But hey, you know, Tom, thanks yes, sir. A lot for your time, sir. You bet. Conduct yourself uh, carefully. Don't uh, don't let that neighbor sneak up on you because I think that's what's going on. He's going to be laying in the weeds waiting for you there. Eight six six talk guns. Eight six six talk guns. Introducing the new Simmons Master Series, the only rifle scope to feature quick target acquisition eyepiece technology. In a fast-paced hunting situation, a split second could be all that separates you from a prized trophy. With its amazingly large eye box, the quick target acquisition eyepiece of the Simmons Master Series gives you faster, more reliable target acquisition by permitting greater forward, backward, and side-to-side movement behind the scope. 
and because this eyepiece provides a constant eye relief up to four inches through the entire power range, you won't have to sacrifice your target window even as magnification is increased. It's a safer, more comfortable shooting experience, and you'll have optimum control while maintaining a clear view of your target. Learn more about the quick target acquisition eyepiece and other patented product innovations at SimmonsOptics.com. Mount the all-new Simmons Master Series and see what our engineering can do for your shooting performance. If you like fine pistols, Kimber has three new 45s for concealed carry. They're called the CDP series. CDP stands for Custom Defense Package. Made in the Kimber Custom Shop, CDP pistols have features like rounded and melted corners, tritium night sights, checkered front strap, ambidextrous thumb safety, all at a savings of over $500 what these upgrades would cost if added separately. CDP pistols also have lightweight aluminum frames, stainless steel slides, match-grade bushingless barrels, high-ride beaver tail grip safety, and beveled magazine wells. The list goes on. To learn more or to locate the nearest Kimber dealer, visit the Kimber website at KimberAmerica.com or call toll-free at 1-800-880-2418. Information will be sent absolutely free. That's KimberAmerica.com, 1-800-880-2418. Hunters need bullets they can depend on. Accurate bullets that hit hard, create massive hydraulic shock, penetrate tough muscle and heavy bone. Bullets that kill quickly, dropping animals in their tracks. The Triple Shock is 100% copper. Multiple grooves in the bullet shank reduce pressures and create deadly accuracy. The Barnes Triple Shock consistently outshoots the competition. That's the bottom line. Available to hand loaders or can be purchased in Federal, Corbon, Black Hills, and Weatherby factory ammunition. Whether you're a beginning shooter or a veteran, recoil is no fun. The scientists at Sims Vibration Laboratory have created an entirely new recoil pad that not only tames the kick, but it actually reduces muzzle rise. That means you can get back on target more quickly. A revolutionary process features a high-tech material, plus a stunning design which makes shooting more comfortable, more fun, and can actually make you a better shooter. Check it out at Limbsaver.com. That's L-I-M-B-S-A-V-E-R.com. Eight six six talk guns. That's gun talk. Right back with you here, Tom Gresham. Let's see, line four. Mark's with us out of Anchorage, Alaska. Hello, Mark. Well, hi there, Tom, and greetings from Anchorage, Alaska. How you doing? I'm good, thank you. Great show you got. Hey, I've got a problem for you to take a look at. Okay. Um, in Alaska, uh, having three DUIs is a felony level offense. I managed to do that back in '99. And uh, oh, a felony oh. level offense uh, carries with it a retraction of civil rights. Yes. You don't get a vote anymore. You don't get to carry firearms, and you're not allowed to sit on a jury, things of that nature. Right. Okay. So that's all old news and, and done and, and wrapped up and finished. Back in February, I was uh, invited to ser- uh, serve on the grand jury. Uh, and uh, in the interview, the first thing out of my mouth was, well, Your Honor, I Sorry to be wasting your time, but I'm a felon, and I don't, I don't get to do this stuff anymore. And he told me, well, Mr. Uh, uh, Mark, sir, uh, you can quit hiding behind that one because we've automatically restored all your rights. So you're going to have to come up with a better excuse to get out of this. Wait, wait, wait. Did they automatically restored your rights so that you could be on the grand jury? No, uh, uh, I asked him. I 
at length, or does this mean that I can vote again? Now, that's that's my voice, my official right. voice in, in the doings of my government is very important to me, even more so than, than the uh, right to keep and bear arms, because it hinges on that. Uh, he said, uh, no, that automatically is retracted. Uh, you're a full-fledged citizen again. That's all old news. And uh, Okay, I see where we're going, but if you try to buy a gun, Nick's is going to kick you back. Hey, guess what? I bought a Thompson Encore Pro Hunter and, and paid for it, and it's sitting at the gun shop now. Right, because when you do the background check, they come back and say, nope. Yep, uh, it was a big, big red nope, and, sure. and now I'm, you know, I'm concerned, you know, uh, well, you get, what, what you have to do is you have to go get them. All they're doing is checking a database. That's, uh-huh. all, that's all that is. Uh-huh. And you're just going to have to go to the guys who keep the database and say, look, and you may have to go get your court records and all that that says your rights have been restored. I mean, it's going to be a paperwork deal for you, mm-hmm. and you're just going to have to start chasing it down. But, you know, uh, ask your – and I don't have it handy here, but ask the gun store. They'll have a number for you to call for Nick's to talk to them or, or somewhere okay. to contact them. But I've you, already you start uh, that, uh, scheduled a – uh, an appointment with an attorney who is who is a Second Amendment. Uh, oh, okay, you got you uh, got advocate, and, let, and has let, you know the name and the rep. But I just wanted to touch bases with you, Tom, because I thought you might have some background on this one. Let me ask you a question. Um, you got three DUIs in one year? No, no, no. It was over a period of years. You, they have uh, a window of opportunity to make you a felon, do which, you, which covers a ten-year spread. Have you gotten help with that? Oh, that's all all history, you know, and. Uh, if I had been in a better financial position, uh, I wouldn't have any of them. No, 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 no. Um, let me let me restate this, okay? Because okay. this is, a, I mean, I consider DUI the same as going into a mall, closing your eyes, and shooting your gun as many times as you want to. Uh huh. I consider driving while drunk the same as shooting your gun into a group of people. I didn't mean to hurt anybody. Yeah, I I, I am of like mind. Okay. Uh, However, the particular is the situation we could drag out all day long. I'm just, um, I'm, I'm just wanting to make sure we don't have a drinking problem. No, we don't. Okay. No, okay. And, and in fact, uh, I'm uh, now self-employed, running a business, which is actually doing fairly well, married. Okay. And uh, all the problems I have now are much more interesting ones. Okay. Well, uh, I just, just you know, I missed, I didn't want somebody to hear me saying, that, gee, you know, we got a guy with three DUIs, and I'm telling him to go get a gun because, you know what, that's a self-control problem. If you've got it worked out, fine. Uh-huh. But, but I just, I wanted to get that said. That's, that's not something to play around with. Yeah, well, be that as it may, I'm looking at civil rights here. <sighs> okay. All right. Well, listen, I, I wish you luck with it. You got your attorney, and I hope that works out for you. Um yeah, I'm, I'm you, you hit a hot button with me with uh, DUI. That is to me it is exactly I'm going to go get I'm going to get drunk. I'm going to drink. You, you don't drink by accident. And you don't get in a car by accident. So you made two conscious decisions. And then, and by doing so you endanger every person that you get close to. It is to me the same as going out in your neighborhood and shooting your gun. Didn't mean to hurt anybody, but gee, it just happens. So uh I'm I'm you know, I think uh, one year in jail, first offense, is a pretty good deal. Uh, lose your car. Second uh, offense is probably five to ten years in jail. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty serious about that stuff. So uh, if, if I sound harsh, you're right. Let's see. Oh, let's go line three. Gary is uh, with us out of Carson City, Nevada. Hey, Gary, how you doing? Howdy, Tom. 
your, your caller from Carson City uh, a few minutes back, uh, mm-hmm. the guy in the Homeowners Association. Right. Uh, well, let's see, two points. Uh, one, uh, in the last couple of weeks, I have seen an EMP uh, in, under the glass in Reno, if you'd like to know where that is. <laughs> yeah, tell me. One of your sponsors, uh, Silver State Arms in Reno. Okay. Had one under glass a couple of weeks ago, and I haven't been in it a couple of weeks, so I don't know if it's still there, but it sure is a pretty gun. It is a nice gun, it is. And uh, the other thing is, uh, in, in this situation where, yes, he signed contracts, and yes, the Homeowners Association could go in to make up new rules and enforce them retroactively and so forth, quite aside from the Homeowners Association thing, this mm-hmm. guy threatened his civil rights in the open with witnesses. Did I understand that right? Yeah, but you know what? You you can threaten civil rights all you want to. That's not against the law. That's not against the law. Of course, it's not. If I, I if I to if suppress I, someone's free speech in public with witnesses and they can't sue me for that. Oh, you can sue for anything. I can sue you because you got brown hair. But you know, but that, you're not going to go anywhere with it, and you're not going to go anywhere with this either. That's not against the law. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> no, you know, look, you know, now, what he's saying is, I'm going to try to get your permit pulled. It's not against the law for him to say that. It's not even against the law for him to try to do that as long as he doesn't break any specific laws. It is going to be ugly, and it's going to be a mess. And, you know, I am one of those who believes that if you if you see there's a confrontation coming and it's avoidable, then avoid it. Because you know, everybody's get, is better off in this situation. It's a little, you know, a lot more involved than crossing the street and getting away from the problem. You've got your next door neighbor or across the street neighbor, whichever it happens to be, who has essentially declared war on you. Uh, unfortunately, it's not, or I guess fortunately, I don't know. It depends on how you look at it. It's not a physical deal, and so this is ugly. This is going to be ugly for somebody. If you had somebody gunning for you, if you will. This is the kind of deal where you can get false reports filed. Now, if somebody goes and files a false report, that's against the law. If somebody makes up lies and calls the police and makes false police reports, absolutely, that's actionable. But to just say, I'm going to do that, nah, there's nothing there for you. Yeah, well, we do have some, some. I mean, there's a potential problem that they could, could ball him up and, and take a long time to unravel if the guy... Uh, the guy complains that he brandished. There's that, no way to deny that unless that's you, exactly you're right. your premises 24-7. That's exactly right. If the guy says, he pointed a gun at me. Now, see, if the other guy, the complainer, uh, the guy who made the, the false claim that he pointed a gun, if he had been the one to call the police first, then it would have gotten real ugly real fast. In this case, the good news is the gun owner was the one who called the police. He was smart. He had watched my show, Personal Defense TV, on the TV, and learned that the first person to call the police is the complainant. And as Masada Yub says, there's only one other role here, and that is the perpetrator. You've got a victim, and you've got a perpetrator. And if you call the police, you're the victim, and they're going to go fill in that other role, and it's the other guy standing there. So you always want to be the one who's making the call. If you have to defend yourself, if you have to pull a gun to, to, to get the bad guys to leave, don't ever do that and say, well, you know, I didn't have to shoot. Everything's fine. No, 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 no. Always call. Always call. Because somebody may see, or you know what? The bad guys understand this. They're going to want to try to be the first ones to make the complaint and uh, sick the police on you. It's uh, the kind of things we talk about on Personal Defense TV on the television. 866-TALK-GUNS, 866-TALK-GUNS. This is Gun Talk. 
Welcome back to Gun Talk. Tom Gresham here. Our number is 866-TALK-GUNS. Let's go line four. Steve's with us out of Shreveport, Louisiana. Hey, Steve, how you doing? I'm pretty good. How are you? Good. What can I help you with? Well, I just wanted to uh, give a comment on the... um you had a guy from Backyard Outfitters a few months ago talking about the discreet carry shirt. Oh, uh, yeah. And uh, it was supposed to be designed to not print. I thought it would be the perfect Louisiana hot weather carry solution, maybe. Yeah. So I got one, and I might as well be wearing a neon flashing sign that says, I have a gun that prints so badly. It's well, probably because I have how, a revolver. Well, how are you? I mean, I, I have probably uh, six of those shirts. So how are, are you tucking it in, or how are you carrying it? Well, I'm wearing it loosely, like just out. Yeah. I've got a um, Galco Speedmaster with a Smith & Wesson uh, 64. Inside the waistband? No, that's on well, my belt. Forget it, then. It ain't going to happen. No? No. No, 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 no. I mean, you, you got a big honking gun hanging on your belt. Uh, you know, nothing short. What you need is a vest, something that has two or three layers of fabric. It's uh, heavier. No shirt is going to cover that and not print unless it's like a big old wool shirt or something. Yeah, well, I was kind of skeptical, but I thought I would try it out. But no, 50 no, bucks that, later, it's, uh, that, it's not going to work. It's a great shirt, but no, that's that's asking too much of it. That's uh, If you had an inside-the-waistband holster and had a, like a forty-five or something in there, it would work wonderfully. It would just right. do a great job. But uh, a revolver on an outside, you know, just a regular belt holster, no. I'm, I'm thinking you need something like a you know, photographer's vest or, you know, and one of the vests that a lot of people make. And those work real well for that application. Well, I got a Smith & Alexander um, after I spent 70 bucks on, uh, I forget the company now, Conceal Carry something. Uh-huh. Then I found out about Smith and Alexander, and they had a lighter one for thirty-eight bucks. So I think I'm just going to get another one of those. You're going to, you see, you're going to end up like a rest of us. You're going to have a box full of holsters. <laughs> <laughs> we okay. all do. Everybody I know who I've ever talked to who's into you know concealed carry ends up with a box full of holsters. So I, just, I appreciate the report there, Steve. I was doing a, a piece on personal defense TV with uh, Gila Hayes out at the Firearms Academy of Seattle. Yeah, I mentioned that, and she reached around, and she pulled out this cardboard box, and it's full of holsters. You know, everybody has them. It's just, you know, it's just kind of one of those things you do. Let's see. Uh, line one, Neil's with us out of Salt Lake City. Hey, Neil, you're on Gun Talk. Hi, Tom. How are you? I'm good. How can I help you? Well, I was involved in something yesterday I thought might be interesting to you. Okay. A local trainer organized a free class to teach uh, combat handgun skills active duty military folks oh. and invited me to be one of his assistant trainers ah. we put together a, a four-hour class and worked with these these guys for four hours showing them draw stroke um, showing them how to shoot in awkward positions showing them some of the gun handling skills that they may not have gotten in their military training interesting now, are these people who are active duty now Yes, they are. Okay. Are they uh, either having been over or going over to the sandbox? Well, some of the kids I talked to that came to the class had been there mm-hmm. and had returned. I don't know if any of them were slated to go over again soon. How did they like it? They liked it very well. They, uh, they told us, several of them told us that they thought it was very worthwhile, that they learned some things there that they didn't know, mm-hmm. some things that they thought would be useful to them when they were deployed. 
Well, that's great. And uh, who? what range did you do this? Where did you do it? Hendrickson Range in Parley's Canyon, just east of Salt Lake. Okay. Well, I know of a number of places where they're now offering uh, either reduced or free classes for active-duty military. Um, I know that out at Gunsight, in fact, they got their first email or an email from somebody that says, I'm probably the first guy to use his Gunsight training, and he actually had to uh, shoot an insurgent with his forty five, uh, which is pretty unusual over there. So it pays off. You guys are doing good work there. You're helping these guys out. I appreciate what you're doing. Well, I, I hope somebody else hears this and picks up on it and does the same thing elsewhere. Well, they should. It's you know, And the other thing is, it's not just for those guys. I'll guarantee you, Neil, that the instructors probably got as much out of this as the students did, didn't they? Oh, I did. Yeah. Or I did. Sure. I mean, it's just, you know, it's a rewarding thing to do, and you go spend some a uh, few hours, and you've done some good. Listen, thank you. I'm going to thank you myself and appreciate what you did there. Let's scoot down to uh, Don on three out of Fort Smith, Arkansas. Hey, Don. Howdy. Howdy, Tom. Hi there. I talked with you last October at the Friends of NRA Banquet at Fort Smith. Right. When you were speaker for us and youth director for the Old Fort Gun Club here and I. Ah, uh, yeah, I remember I that. I mentioned we were going to do a youth sports fest camp sponsored by the NRA. Right. And that's coming up June 30th. June 30th. I just want to let everyone know it is open to the public. There's no charge to the kids from 6 to 17 years old. What kind of things do they shoot? We're going to have them hopefully trying out everything from 22 silhouette to uh, sporting clays, uh, cowboy action. Uh, I'm also setting up a 100 to 300 yard range for hunting rifles. Kids that may be interested in starting into hunting. Oh, that's great. We'll have the firearms out there. We'll supply the ammo. We'll supply the targets. And we'll supply the NRA instructors to help them out. All right. How can people get uh, more information on that or contact you? They can give me a call at uh, 479-996-4778. It is going to be June 30th at the old Fort Gun Club River Range. In Fort Smith, Arkansas. Right. And we do have a website if I can give it to you. Oh, you bet. It's OF. GC for Old Fort Gun Club, period, org, O-R-G. Okay, that's OscarFoxTrotGolfCharlie.org. Right. And Perfect. It, it is, like I said, it's NRA grant given, given to us, and it is free to the public, but we're just trying to get kids interested in the shooting sports otherwise have an opportunity to do so. Well, that sounds great. What a wonderful thing to do for the summer, and uh, you guys are to be congratulated for getting the kids involved. Thanks for the call, Don. I appreciate that. Hey, Paul, don't go anywhere. You're up next. We do have an open line for you if you'd like to join us at 866-TALK-GUNS, 866-TALK-GUNS. Dear Loophole, Growing up, my father hunted using a loophole equipped with a rifle. That's right, he felt the scope should be the hunter's first choice. If it didn't work, the rifle was useless. He's 79 now, still using the loophole he purchased years ago. Someday I'll own that fine scope. The loophole has lasted a lifetime, but the memories will last forever. Thanks, D.E. Poe, Alabama. Loophole, the world's finest sports optics. Call 1-800-929-4949 for the loophole dealer nearest you. Hunters need bullets they can depend on. Accurate bullets that hit hard, create massive hydraulic shock, penetrate tough muscle and heavy bone. Bullets that kill quickly, dropping animals in their tracks. 
The Triple Shock is 100% copper. Multiple grooves in the bullet shank reduce pressures and create deadly accuracy. The Barnes Triple Shock consistently outshoots the competition. That's the bottom line. Available to hand loaders or can be purchased in Federal, Corbon, Black Hills, and Weatherby. Hey, all right, we're back with you. Tom Gresham, 866-TALK-GUNS, 866-TALK-GUNS. That's how you reach us. Let's see, uh, Paul, we're going to get him up first here on line four out of Milton, Florida. Hello, Paul, you're on Gun Talk. Yeah, thank you. I, you, you know, I always hear you, I enjoy you, and I always hear you talking about stay out of trouble, don't look for things, et cetera, et cetera. Uh-huh. reminded me uh, I was doing taking taekwondo a while back you know, after I was retired for fun and so forth and reading the magazine uh, on uh, on self-defense and uh, on martial arts, and this guy asked a question, what would you do if you got in your car and got grabbed from behind? And I'm thinking, what do I do? Do I poke the guy's eyes out, et cetera, et cetera? Mm-hmm. And he finally answers, you don't get into your car if somebody's in your back seat. <laughs> you look in your back seat, and you see him there, you, you, you leave, <laughs> whatever you do. It's a it's a great point. One of the things that, uh, again, on the personal defense show we talk about is looking in your car. Let me tell you what, people. Here's where I, I go off, and you're going to say, oh, he's opinionated. Yes, I am. If you have those drug dealer tinted windows in your car, you're an idiot. You're, <laughs> you're an idiot if you have those dark tinted windows. You look like an idiot, and you are an idiot because you can't see who's sitting in the back of your car. People can't see into you. You look like a drug dealer. You know, I mean, oh, do I have an opinion on this? You bet. You've got to look in the back seat of your car at night. You know what? If you don't have a flashlight with you, oh, I'm sorry, you're an idiot. Why, why are you walking around in the dark without a flashlight? Everybody ought to have a flashlight with them all the time. Well, I missed your program on that, but uh, I think it makes sense in a lot of different situations. Yeah, it really does. And I, pre- it's, you know, I appreciate you mentioning that, but yeah. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate that. The um, if you're yeah, in fact, uh, Amy just saying a lot of cars have a remote that light up the interior. That's great unless somebody has gotten in there and they can push a button or do something to disable that, and somebody's in the back. You need a flashlight. You need one in your pocket. You need one in your purse. You need one everywhere you go. You need one in the daytime. Why do cops carry flashlights in the daytime? Because they go into buildings that are dark. You know what? We go into buildings that are dark. You're in a you're in a movie theater. The the power goes out. Maybe the uh, the lights work. The emergency lights work. Maybe they don't. You're in an office. It gets hit by an airplane. The lights go out. Talk to the people who made it down the stairs, in the towers. You need a flashlight. Now maybe it's not a big flashlight. Maybe it's just one of those little bitty LEDs that goes on your keychain. But you gotta have a flashlight. I, I'm sitting here. I've got a, uh, my keychain right now has a flashlight on it. It also has. Uh, in fact, I'm gonna dig it out here because you're gonna think, ah, oh, he's making this stuff up. Uh, somebody asked me the other day. He said, well, you know. In fact, I was in a meeting Friday. And he was talking. He says, you know, something about having a, a whistle with you. And I said, oh, you mean like this? He said, yeah. I got a police whistle. Or a coach's whistle, or whatever you want to call it, on my keychain here. It's a Fox 40, F O X 40, Fox 40. 
Uh, it is. Yeah, I knew that uh, Jim liked that one, our producer. When I blew that thing into that, his headphone just blew off. That was great. You want another dose of that, big boy? <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> Please, sir, may I have another? Uh, you got to carry this kind of stuff. It's it just it's not being paranoid. It's being prepared, okay? Let's talk to Steve on line one. He's in Tacoma, Washington. Hey, Steve. Steve, I promise I won't blow a whistle in your ear. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking to purchase a new carry, personal carry weapon. Okay. And I've really been leaning towards the Springfield Arms XD and forty five caliber. And I was wondering what if you had any opinion on that. I do. It is one of the finest firearms I've ever shot. It is, you know, and I'll tell you, the guns we have now are better than what we had even five years ago. No kidding. The Springfield XD is a, it's just a runaway winner. If, if you like it, if you get your hands on it, and you say, I like the feel of it, don't even be concerned with the quality or how it's going to shoot or any of that, you're going to love that. The only question is going to be, does it fit my hand? Do I like it? Do I like the looks of it? Does it feel good? I mean, because whether you're getting the, the Springfield XD or the Smith & Wesson M&P or the Taurus 24-7, uh, all of these are this new generation of pistol, and they are all better than anything we've had before. And yeah, because I, I really like the feel and the look of the weapon itself. I'm just going to tell you. It does fit my hand, and I've been carrying a Beretta, but the thing is, you know, it's a Model 92, and it's just too big. Well, that's because the I've thing. I've got a shoulder holster, that thing, and I want something that's going to be a little more concealable and easy to carry around. So you're, doing, you're carrying a shoulder holster? Yes. Huh. Why? Now, tell me why. Why a shoulder uh, holster? Basically for concealability in the as large a pistol as the Beretta is. Okay. It's just too big to put in, in an inside-the-pants holster. Okay. I, I'm not a real fan of shoulder holsters. I mean, I can see that they have some places, but, uh, you know, I, I'm not a real fan of them. So I just was curious. But, no, the Springfield, you're going to love it. I guarantee you get that thing, you're going to love that. That's a nice gun. Oh, by the way, before I forget here, let me do this. We uh, were giving away a $200 flashlight from First Light, people who signed up on our website. Uh, Ed is the one who won that. He's out of Tucson, Arizona. Ed, we're not going to give out your last name on the air, but we are sending you an email. You'll be able to uh, claim that prize. We're going to start giving away stuff regularly on the website, and we're going to ask people to sign up for the True Squad, people who volunteer to Send letters to the editor. We'll help you with the material, the stuff to send them. We'll tell you what's going on, and you can send them out there, okay? That'll work for you. Let's see. Oh, by the way, uh, we've got people who are asking me, saying, well, you know, why aren't you talking about this bill, this Nix bill, the NRA? Don't worry. It's coming. In about, oh, 14 minutes, the NRA will be here to talk about that. So uh, take a deep breath. Don't hyperventilate. It's going to be fine. Line four, Aaron's with us out of Bossier City, Louisiana. Hello, Aaron. How you doing, man? Good. Quick question for you. I'm sure. a deer hunter. I hunt from a from a tree stand. I got a heavy rifle. I think it's a Remington 243 model. It's too heavy. What do you recommend that I get? That's lightweight. Why is it hit? Wait, wait. Generally, we think of wanting to get a light rifle when we're going to be walking a long way. And for tree stands, yeah. where you're not going far and just climbing, a heavy rifle is just fine. So why do you want a light rifle for a tree stand use? Well, just because support. Because when I because I missed a big deer this year, just because when I when I drew, 
I just, I guess I was shaking so bad, it's too heavy, and I just, for support, really. Trust me, you know what? A, light, a lighter rifle is going to be worse. The heavy really? rifle with a heavy barrel holds on target better. Did, were you taking a rest? Did you have a, a good rest for your gun? No, I didn't have any rest at all. Ah, you need a rest. But I'm serious. A heavy barrel rifle is going to hang on target better. A lightweight rifle is harder to shoot more accurately. It's uh, it's going to bounce around on you. Uh, pick up a little light twenty two and try to hold it offhand, and then pick up your heavy rifle and hold it offhand. You're going to find that your heavy rifle, it does, the crosshairs are not going to wobble as much. Uh, I hate to tell you this, Aaron, but the problem here is not with the rifle. Okay, it's with the guy who was shooting it. Get some more practice out there. Take a deep breath. I understand it's exciting, but uh, it's not with the rifle. You've got a good rifle, 243. If you want to talk about light rifles for mountain use, for walking around, we can do that, but I don't think it's right for what you're doing. 866-TALK-GUNS. All right, we're back with you, Tom Gresham. Let's go to line three. Seth's with us out of Gulf Shores, Alabama. Seth, you've made it to Gun Talk. How you doing? Good. How you doing, Tom? Great. How can I help you? Well, I've been looking into some of these combat training schools and mm-hmm. you know, for uh, concealed carry and just some of the things that I've researched online. It just seems like a lot of their training is geared towards almost paramilitary type, you know, contract action work. True, true enough. Just it all depends on which school you're talking about, because there are some that are very heavily kind of militaristic style, and then some of the the old school, if you will, the mainline schools are not that way at all. Which ones have you taken a look at? Oh, I've looked at Gunsight and just things of that nature. And okay. uh, I know that you have a lot of experience with these, and that you try to attend as many as you can. And well, you know, in your experience, what have you found to be the most valuable as a as a civilian and not yeah. ex police, ex military? Gunsight is fabulous. It's absolutely incredible. Thunder Ranch, equally so. But there's one not too far from you. Just a, a well, it's about a, a good half day drive north. If you can get to Memphis, which is not a huge way for you to go. Uh, it's called Rangemaster. Tom Givens runs the shop there, and it's an excellent school. Here's the thing I can tell you. If if you've never been to a place like this, you cannot – I know this is going to sound arrogant. I'm sorry, but you cannot possibly imagine all the things you don't know. You cannot even begin to understand the things you're going to learn there. And it's absolutely not about shooting. It's not about marksmanship. It's not about shooting. That's not what you learn at these places. You are shooting, but that's not what you're learning. And it's a hard concept to get. People say, well, I've been shooting all my life. I'm a good shot. Yeah, I know, but you don't know anything. You go, what? So I'm telling you. And, and time and time again, they'll say, they'll finish the class. They'll go, oh, my God, I just didn't know what I didn't know. Uh, if you can get to any of them, uh, Gunsight, Thunder Ranch, uh, Rangemaster, uh, in Memphis, uh, the Firearms Academy of Seattle is a re- really good regional school in Washington State. Man, do it. And the, here's the other thing. If you go online with these guys and look at their websites, a lot of them travel, and they'll have traveling schools. There may be one close to you. Maybe it's just a weekend class, but it's really worthwhile. I, I, I cannot recommend it highly enough. 
you will do two things. You will learn a bunch, and the other thing you will do that will surprise you is you will have so much fun doing these. I mean, well, I, I do enjoy shooting, I'll tell you that. Well, this is like if, if you enjoy learning new things, these things are great. I mean, they're just you're kind of going, oh, my gosh, I'm learning something. Every 10 minutes I've learned something new, and it's useful, and it's wonderful, and these are people who are professional. Uh, you know, pick your place, of course. You know, there's, like I say, some places are primarily military training. Uh, Blackwater comes to mind. Uh, but if you go to a, a Gunsight or Thunder Ranch or Firearms Academy of Seattle up with uh, Marty and Gila Hayes or uh, Tom Givens' place in Memphis called Rangemaster, good schools, good schools. And take a look at their traveling school. See if you can find one. I'm going to real quick run down to Kevin uh, on line one. Kevin, we've got about a minute left for you. How can I help you, sir? Okay, real quick question. I just moved to northern New Mexico up on the Colorado border. Mm-hmm. I have elk, mule, deer, antelope. Can you recommend a decent all-around cartridge? Yes, I can recommend 50 of them. And I'm not exaggerating. Uh, a .30-06 would work great. A three hundred eight would work great. Any of the three hundred Magnums would work great. Any 7-millimeter Magnum a cartridge from Weatherby, Remington, doesn't matter what it is, uh, any of those would work great. A .30-06 is not a bad choice, or a 7-millimeter Remington Magnum. Those would probably be the two I would take a look at. If you're at all recoil sensitive, take a look at a 270. A 270 is a great cartridge. People will say it's not enough for elk. They don't know what they're talking about. Use good ammo, use good bullets, and it'll do the job for you. Congratulations on moving to some wonderful country. I love northern New Mexico. It is just fabulous up there. All right, we're going to be talking to the NRA, and we're going to be talking about this new Nix bill coming up next. 